Thank you, Father, for one more time this side of eternity to stand in a pulpit and declare your word. I ask you, O oh God, to do what I asked you to do many years ago, to touch me when I preach your word. Without your touch, I cannot preach. Without your touch, these people cannot hear. Without your touch, we cannot communicate the things of the Spirit of the Lord. But I ask you, O oh God, to provide us this morning with something of which we're not worthy, and that's the presence and the power. Because, Lord, in your presence there's fullness of joy, and in your presence there's healing and there's provision. I ask you, O Lord, to touch us now as we open the pages of your word and that we would glean from this book words of everlasting blessing and favor that we would better serve you and better be the people of God. We ask you for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It was a strange day when God's people stood at a Jordan River about to cross over to go into a promised land. God had said to Abram many years before, get up and go to a land that I will show you, a place where you will be blessed and a place where you will be established, your family, your name, will be established and all the nations of the earth will be blessed because of you. I will make your name great and I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curse you. I will deliver you from the hand of the adversary and I will be a God to you and I will be your shield. I will be your shield. Well, the people of God at that time just really didn't have a lot of faith because they'd been in bondage 400 years and didn't know how to live free. Didn't know how to live uh, worshiping God because they had no idea what worship was like. And the Bible said they sent spies. You remember the famous story, don't you? The famous uh, two that came back, Joshua and Caleb, who said we can well, well able to take that land. That ten of the spies said we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. In other words, uh, it's bad enough when the enemy says you're a grasshopper, but when you admit it, and say, yeah, I am a grasshopper, then uh, when you're a grasshopper in your own sight, you're pretty well defeated. And here the people were of, of God saying, we need to go back to J Egypt. It was better for us in Egypt than it is out here to get in this wilderness we've wandered in all these years. And God, you know, sent that generation back into the wilderness. And uh, the Bible said their carcasses fell in the wilderness. And he brought back another generation. He said, let's try this with the next generation. You know, from generation to generation, thou art God, you know. And, and God will not give up on his, his plan and his purpose for man. He has wonderful, glorious things planned for the people of God. But living up to our standing as people of God takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of boldness. But with God as our shield, Brother, how could you lose at that? And God was very angry at that, uh, that, those 10 spies. And, and he said, Joshua and Caleb will survive the wilderness wandering. And said, I will take them in and I will, I'll put them in. They said, there are giants in that land and their cities are walled. And they're warlike people. They love to fight. And said, we, we can't take that land. We're not able. Yes, they, Joshua and Caleb brought back grapes and 
pomegranates and brought back melon and brought back all the, the evidence that it's a very fertile crescent and it's wonderful for what we want to do and pasture for our, our sheep and it's uh, ground to be toiled that will yield its strength for our vegetables. In fact, did you know that in the Becca Valley, that soil is so rich that the entire world can be fed out of the Becca Valley alone? Can you imagine? You know, we used to preach, you know, that Russia was going to invade from the north, which they will. But we, we would say it was for oil, you know. We thought, thought it was going to be oil that they'd come to the Middle East. No, it's for food. Because the Russian bear right now is hungry. Is hungry. They don't know what they're going to do in the future. That's a big problem for them to have, have food. And many Bible scholars believe that they will invade from the north, the Rosh, as it is in the Bible, and because they will get the food. But with all of this good fertile soil and all that is there, yes, and Joshua and Caleb admitted, they said, yes, the walls of the cities are great. And some of them have double walls and have iron gates and, and uh, they've already uh, put up a lot of, lot of uh, bastions of, of their physical and military strength. And there's really no way we can ever invade this land and take what God says is ours. We just can't do it. And they said they're giants. They're big people. We're little people, and they're big people. They're giants in that land. And they would squish us like a prune or like a grape. We wouldn't have a chance against people that are that warlike and that fierce and that strong and trained militarily, and their cities fortified like they are. It's a losing proposition. I don't care what God says or what he's given to us. I'm for going back to Egypt. And the Bible said God was furious. Furious. In fact, he wanted to just kill them all. Yeah, you're exactly right. And Joshua had to, had to tell God, Oh, God, please don't entertain those kind of thoughts. Don't, don't think like that. I won't give up on them, Lord, if you won't give up on them. <laughs> what a great pastor. What a great pastor. You know, Moses... God said once before, get out of my way, Moses, and let me destroy him. And said, I'll start all over, not with Adam this time. I'll start over with you. And you'll be the person of promise, and you'll have the blessing. And Moses said, Lord, you can't do this. Lord, you've got a righteous reputation. And all the countries and all the cities around here, they know you to be a merciful God. And they know you to be a forgiving God. They know you to be a God that, that can, can be reached and a God that can be depended upon that's faithful. God, please don't, don't entertain those thoughts. Slay me if you must in their stead. Wow. And the Bible said, and God repented. Wow. In other words, he changed his mind and decided to give us a second chance. Wow. So the people of God now, they've, they've had that generation's died out. Now it's time to go in, go in again. And you know who the, who the person leading the rally is? It's Caleb. And instead of 40 years old, now he's 80. Now he's 80. And, and he gets up and he says, I tell you what, said, I'll, I'll take on the fiercest 
the meanest, most vile military that they've got. Said, give me the best they've got, the meanest, the best fighters they've got. And an 80-year-old man says, give them to me. That's, that's the task I want. Boy, what a change. What a blessing, you know, that somebody would say, don't give me the easy, give me the tough. Give me the hard part. Amen? Why? Because I, I, I was the one that said we could take it 40 years ago. And he said, I've wandered around being patient with you crazy people. He said, now it's time to go in. and said, give me the best they've got. Let me have the, have the worst they've got. Let me get it. Whatever mountain they've got that can't be climbed, give it to me. Whatever city they've fortified, the greatest that can't ever be uh, defeated, give it to me. Whatever chore, whatever duty, whatever responsibility, just lay it on Caleb, I'll take it. Boy, what an attitude. I, boy, he'd make a good member, wouldn't he? Boy, he'd be a good member of our church. Boy, I wonder if there's some Caleb's wandering around these streets here that we could get saved that would just say, give me the toughest thing you got to do around here. Amen. Just give me the toughest. Give me the thing that everybody else won't do. Give it to me. Whatever they're afraid of, give it to me. Oh, wow, what? I'd like to pastor some folks like that, wouldn't you? Hey, man, that's willing to just take up the cross and just say, God, whatever. Whatever. If you, if you, if you want something said, I'll say it. If you want something done, I'll, I'll do the best I can to do it. Hey, man, what a great spirit. That, that kind of spirit takes the victory. They, they love and they respond and they get in the flow of things and God is a shield to them a shield wow well that that shield ever heard of a guy named Athanasius nobody but me <laughs> Athanasius was one of the very early what we call church fathers and Athanasius was Trinitarian Augustine was Calvinist and he was a little bit of on the uh, Calvinistic side you see and he believed in predestination. Amen. He got better at it later on in his career, but very early on, he was uh, uh, very much, much of the Calvinistic persuasion. Predestination, foreordination, those kind of things, those are long words. You probably wouldn't know the meaning of those. But it literally just says God knows the future. God knows the purpose. God knows the plan. And God is committed to his purpose and what God foreknew. See, God knows tomorrow. He knows the next day. He knows next month. He knows next year because he inhabits eternity. And he knows all about where we came from. He's in eternity past. He's in eternity future. He, he's, he doesn't age any. He doesn't grow any older. He just exists in eternity. Praise God. Isn't that great? Amen. And some of those things is what Athanasius uh, believed. And they had a shield that they had back then, they call it, let me see if I can get it right, the succum fidel. It means the shield of faith. The shield of faith. It's what their priest wore. And when they went into battle, they would, the, 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 the army would put that shield on. It was a three-pronged thing. It had pater on one side for father. It had filio for Jesus, the son. And it had the sanctus, Spiriatus, that's all Latin. You know, it's not speaking in tongues. That's, that's Latin. And it literally means the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in the middle there was a, a circle and it said Deo, which means God. 
Amen. In other words, he said, God is in Jesus. God is in the Holy Spirit. And God is in the Father. And these three are one God. Amen. And that's what they would go into battle where that shield. Amen. They reproduced it many times. And what Paul was used to seeing in his day was that shield. In fact, when he would see the Roman, the Roman government, we know this from the Latin, the Vulgate, that the, the Roman, the conquering Romans, they, they, they wore armor and first introduced that probably into the Middle East from uh, Europe. And when they brought that, that concept there in the city of Jerusalem during the Roman occupation, they were used to seeing soldiers, and soldiers had on a helmet, and soldiers had on a breastplate, and soldiers had a, a belt around them, and, and soldiers had, had feet that was, and wore shoes that were certain design. They, I often think that the, the Bible said they're shod with the peace, shod with peace. I, I did some research on that. You mind if I share some of that with you? They, that shoes that they wore, which we mainly would think they had, uh, were structured so they would stand their ground, but they actually had, had knives and spikes on them. And that while they were fighting, you know, a lot of people would fall to the ground. And so those shoes, hallelujah, became weapons. And, and as the enemy would fall to the ground, they just stomp their way around and use those feet as weapons. Oh, praise God. I wonder if anybody in God's army, in God's house, and God's people ever understood the gospel of peace as a great weapon that you've got. Amen. That you can declare when the devil comes and tries to disturb the peace in your heart and in your life and when he disrupts everything and just everything goes to hell in a handbasket all of a sudden and everything just all the way turns around and, and you just, oh, how in the world did this happen? How did I get in this predicament? Hey, with that weapon of the peace of God, you can just say, hey, whatever is over my head is under his feet. Praise God. And I want you to know, Satan, you, you can't have your way around here. I'm taking authority over you. You stop your harassment right now and take your slimy hand off of me. In Jesus' name, I declare my freedom today. I'm free in Jesus, and he that is free in Jesus is free indeed. No weapon shall come nigh my dwelling, pal. Amen. I've got the blood post, uh, the post up there. It's got blood on it. Amen. Because the lamb, the blood of Jesus, washes in this house. And wherever the Lamb of God is doing his cleansing and his washing, praise God, we've got the power over the devil in Jesus' name. You've got the right to take authority over him and say, no more, no more, no more. Praise God. Not because you're somebody special, but because God is your shield. I said, because God is your shield. Can you imagine him having that image every day that he, that he walked the streets of the cities of the Middle East, he was exposed to Roman soldiers. So when he writes to these, these churches with all of that background of the, the wandering in the wilderness and all of that, God said, I will be your shield if you'll just follow. If you'll just follow and don't rebel. 
Don't be rebellious and obey. Obey, and I'll be your shield. In other words, if you'll be my people, I'll be your shield. I'll be what you need if you'll just follow me, if you'll just be a disciple. A disciple. You know what a disciple is, don't you? It's a follower. It's a learner. And God said, if you'll just follow me, I will teach you. You will learn of me. You'll get all kind of blessings if you'll just follow me. You got a choice. Amen. You, you, can, you can follow other things or you can follow God. Amen. God is looking for some people that will follow him now. Do you know when he summoned people in divine service, he always said, follow me. Walked up on the shore of Gennesaret. You didn't know that was one of the names of the Sea of Galilee, did you? But that's one of the names of it, the Sea of Gennesaret. When he walked up to that little fishing village there at Bethsaida, he saw some guys mending their nets. And he said, just looked at him and said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Praise God. He just simply said, follow me. He walked up to the publican's office where the publican was taking up tax money and he walked up and he, Levi was sitting there, who is Matthew. And he says to Matthew, he said, follow me. Didn't say anything else, just said, follow me. And the Bible said, and he straightway got up and followed him. Boy, that's simple, isn't it? That's simple. Susan, that's pretty simple. Follow me. And he got up and followed him. Well, praise the Lord. He wrote that first gospel in your Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all of those personalities. Now, Mark didn't know so that much about Jesus. Maybe they didn't live it, but his mama did. And he found out about it from his mama. Now, Peter and all those boys, they were eyewitnesses. Eyewitnesses. And boy, and every one of them got killed. All of them were martyred except one, and that was John. And John died a natural death. He was probably about 86 or 87 years old. He finally, you, th you thought he died on Patmos probably, but he didn't die on Patmos. He got off of Patmos. And those little, little books at the back of your Bible, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, the one that got off of Patmos wrote those. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Things are picking up, aren't they? If God is your shield, he'll get you out of jail. If God is your shield, he'll get you out of a bad circumstance. If God is your shield, he'll see you through danger. If God is your shield, he'll go with you through the valley of the shadow. If God is your shield, praise God, you won't have to be afraid of anything. If God be for us, who could be against us? And the psalmist said, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid or of what shall I fear? If God is your shield, of what could you be afraid or of what could you be anxious about? Wow. Well, you know, when God is your shield, there are some dependencies that we have upon him. Moses knew it was so important that God go with us and his presence abide with us that he made this statement. He said, God, 
if you're not going, I'm not going. Said, God, I've got to know. You, you're sending me down to Egypt to lead these people out of here. But I, I, I've got to tell you, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. Praise God. But I want to tell you, God is willing to go with you. Amen. He's get, in fact, he's so committed to going with you, he said, I won't ever leave you. He said, I'll stay with you wherever you go. I, I'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the age. Wow, being a soldier, and Paul went through it in Ephesians 6, if you want to turn over there to it. In Ephesians 6, he starts telling us, preached a long time before I got to the text, didn't I? He talks about a belt of truth, having her loins gird with truth. Preachers ought to tell the truth. Members ought to tell the truth. Fathers ought to tell the truth. Mamas ought to tell the truth. Grandma and grandpa ought to tell the truth. We ought to be governed by the truth. The truth will set you free. The truth, the Bible says, is our strength. The, the truth. And brother, when, when you preach the truth of God's word, there's authority in the truth. Amen. You know the wonderful thing about truth? It doesn't have to be propped up. Because most of the time when it's not a truth, you've got to do a lot of prompt. You've got to prop it up with some more untruth but when you speak the truth then you don't have to back it up with anything it stands by itself it is what it is as you say praise the Lord truth makes you free have your loins gird with truth put on the breastplate of righteousness how did I get that breastplate I, I had to earn it Well, we don't work, Brother Jerry, for salvation around here. It's the free gift of God. Well, once you get past justification, then it's time for something called sanctification. Sanctification is as much the will of God as justification. Did you know that? God is just as interested in sanctifying you as he is in justifying you. Hallelujah. What is sanctification? Discipleship. It's formation. It's learning to be like Jesus. Learning to live like Jesus. Learning to love like Jesus. Learning to walk like Jesus. And that's what discipleship and formation is all about. And Lord, we have so many scriptures about that. In fact, in the Hebrew later it says, for this is the perfect will of God even your sanctification. Boy, that's a great word. Isn't it? In other words, it tells us how we ought to live after we get justified. Amen. Once you get justified, you learn how to live. It's like Don told you about the guy with the pint of liquor in his coat. Came down and got saved, did he, Don? Prayed the prayer. Did all the things that saved people do. And uh, he told Don, he said, when I get through with this pint of liquor I've got in my coat right now, I'm not ever going to drink another drop. 
Well, you got to learn how to live. Amen. And that's where the church comes in. Where do you learn how to be a disciple, Brother Jerry? God intends for you to mimic other people. The older women teaching the younger women and the older men teaching the younger men. Come on, somebody. Now, how that's going to work out in this me first generation we're in right now, I don't know. Well, it better not anybody come around telling me what to do. Well, that's unbiblical to have that attitude. Because God's Word is always telling me what to do. And the Holy Spirit, who is a guest in my heart, He's always telling me what to do. Whoop! I said, whoop! Hallelujah. Article 7 in the Declaration of Faith says, We believe wholeness to be God's standard of living for His people. And listen, we have just all, all categorized that in clothing. But brother, there's a whole lot more in that book about attitudes and devotion and worship and prayer. Oh, there's a whole list of things beside clothes. I know some folks that, boy, they're rigid about the clothesline, but they've got the filthiest spirit you've ever been around. God will sanctify your mouth. I said, God will sanctify your tongue. That unruly member can become ruly. When God does what he does in it, that's why every one of us in this house have a responsibility to be Christ-like because others need to learn. Amen. What kind of lesson do you think we're teaching right now? There used to be a sign that it was in just about every church of God I ever went and preached in, and it was sitting over somewhere near the register, you know, where we put, put the numbers up. And it said, if every member of this church was just like me, oh, you can finish it, can't you? Yeah, you've seen that sign too. What kind of church would this church be? You see, when we clean up some of those things, then we can talk, talk about church growth, and we can talk about instigating revival and those kind of things. When we do what we know to do now, before we take on something else, let's take care of now. Come on, somebody. We don't have to wait till some super-duper whooper whopper comes by here or some big name. Oh, we can get them to come in, pay them a lot of money. Come on, and they'll leave. And you're right back where you started. Because all you did while they were here is give them a building to get their crowd in. Come on, somebody. 
you've got enough Word of God laying in your lap right there to bring you a revival in your heart and in your life. You don't need to call some super-duper whipper-whopper. You can, by the Word of God you're lay, laying in your lap, read its pages. It's the Word of the living God. Oh, hallelujah. Can I preach this morning? And he gets down after talking all about the girdle of truth and about, about the, the breastplate of righteousness. And he, he says, finally, verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong. Don't be a wimp. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see, the reason you're so frustrated is your power and the strength of your might hadn't worked out too well. But the day that you're willing to say, not my power, but your power. Mm. Not my strength, but your strength. Not my shield, but your shield. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The cunningness, the craftiness, the schemes. Come on, somebody. One preacher calls them gadgets and gizmos. That Satan, the Bible said, we're not ignorant concerning Satan's devices. He's been busy all these years. You know, he's been kicked out of heaven a long time now. He's been dealing with tricking people and messing up people's lives for a long time now. He's got a journal. Oh, you believe that? Yes, sir. He knows all the entries. When he appeared before the Lord, the Lord said, where'd you come from to get up here? He said, from walking to and fro in the earth. Well, what was you looking for when you were walking to and fro in the earth? I was looking for somebody that was righteous. I was looking for somebody that served you, that believed that you're God, that believes your word, that feels like they ought to follow you and be a disciple, that they ought to be a, a, a proper Christian, a representative to the world, the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in, in their life. I've been searching for somebody and I didn't find one. And God said, Have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him. He's a perfect man. Oh, Brother Jerry, I didn't know man could ever be perfect. Well, that's scripture. I'll just let you argue with the scripture. Perfect man. Just and upright in all of his dealings. And Satan said, you let me touch him. I've I got schemes. I've got, I've got gadgets and gizmos. And I've, I've got testimonials of people. You ought to hear them talk about me. You ought to hear them when they get together. I've had such a terrible time. Satan's just been beating me up. I've had the awfulest time. 
I feel like saying, shut up! Don't give him any glory and give him any praise and give him the credit and give him honor for all the mess he's doing in your life. Stop that. Do you hear me? Stop that. Quit talking about what the adversary is doing to you. Start talking about what God has done for you. Start blessing and praising God for the things God has provided in your life. Stop talking about what all the devil's doing to you. Should I tell you what? I want my best, my best gadget and gizmo is get him attached to the wealth that he's got. I'll guarantee you his God's in his pocketbook. For the Bible said he was very wealthy. Had many, many flocks and many, many herds. He said, will you let me touch him? in his pocketbook and I'll cause him to hate you and curse you to your face. Come on, somebody. See, right now it's going to take several Sundays to preach this shield business. Mm. You just let me touch his possessions. You let me touch that house and let me touch all of that wealth he's got out there grazing on these pastors at his ponderosa god said you can touch him touch the things he's got but you can't take his life suddenly a runner comes in and says joe there was a terrible disaster took place and all of your camels all of your your donkeys all of your sheep everything you have got the stock market has crashed and you're lost all that. It's gone. What do you got to say about that, Job? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord taketh away. Lord gives. Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Here comes the devil back. Said, well, it wasn't in his pocketbook. I guarantee you it's in his and his children and all of his family. And the Bible said the terrible storm happened and the family was all gone. And then the devil came back and he said, you let me make him sick. Let me give him a, a disease. You mean Satan? Yeah, that's another sermon for another time. Let me touch his body. And the Bible said that Satan afflicted him with a noisome and grievous sore. His flesh was a solid boil. The stench was so terrible. You could hardly stand to be around him. Sat down out on the ash heap and took a piece of pottery and began scraping the scab and the pus from his arms and his legs. And the half of him that should have been supportive, his wife, came around and said, Joe, do you still hold your integrity with God? Whew. You mean this is about integrity? You mean this is about being real? You mean this is about being authentic? You mean this is about being genuine? Are you kidding me? 
said, woman, you talk like a foolish woman talks. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And the Bible said in all of this, Job did not sin with his mouth. Neither did he charge God foolishly. He said, I esteem the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. My feet have not declined to walk in his path. And though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Lord, I feel like shouting all over the stage. When God is your shield, when God is your fortress, when God is the one that takes care of your life. And the end of that story is the Bible said he got all of his riches back, got all of that back, and was fourfold, was it? How much did God bless him? Wow. Can you believe it was already well and God made him more after it was all over? Temptation can enter in through various means. Sometimes we let down our guard. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all of those crazy devices of the devil, the temptation, the things he puts in my mind. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor that you may be able to stand in the evil day. Stand in the evil day. Stand in the evil day. Anybody in here ever had an evil day? When you got news and heard news and got involved in a situation? A disastrous situation, a catastrophic thing? One of the horrible things that a pastor has to do many times is to go and notify next of kin. I always dread doing that because that's just a terrible time. I remember when Howard Watkins and Ruby's granddaughter got killed in a car wreck on her way to school. She was a twin. The other one was critical. And thank God she made it through. But I had the task of going over and pulled up in their yard. Hey, preacher, get out. Come on in. Boy, we're so glad to see you. We got some breakfast left over. You want some? I said, no, Howard. I've come today to tell you something. The evil day. The evil day. Your granddaughter, they were in a wreck this morning, and one of them, one of the twins, didn't make it. Oh, suddenly, that smile, suddenly the oxygen just left that room. Suddenly, that, their world just came to a stop. I'm talking about the evil day. The evil day. The evil day.
pastor friend not too many months ago had a 21-year-old son. Him and his girlfriend got in a little spat, I guess I could say. And he was mad and left and was driving his truck at a high rate of speed, missed the curve, turned it over, threw him out, and killed him. 21 years old. His daddy preacher told me, he said, Jerry, I don't know if I can ever preach again. I'm talking about the evil day. When the evil day comes. When you said goodbye to the dearest on earth. The evil day. How can you stand in the evil day? What advice can you give me in the evil day? When the evil day comes, having your loins girt about with truth, having a breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod, take that shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts, all the fiery darts, all of the fiery darts. The fiery darts are the same as the wiles. Same word translated different ways. The wiles of the devil and the fiery darts. In history, we read about a personality, Darakin, I think is his name. I was reading it before coming this morning, that on one shield that after a barrage of uh, fiery darts were sent against their army, he had 200 darts in his shield. It was an ancient way of fighting that they, they traveled fast and they learned a technology where they could make the, the arrows combustible so that when they fired and when it landed, it would burst into flames and it would set things on fire. They were, they were so worried about the fire part of it because the destructiveness was gone was done by the disaster of the fire you can imagine what it would have done to flesh but it also burned buildings and burned down everything around but the bible did you hear it the bible said take the shield of faith not that it would shield you from the darts that's good but the bible said it would also quench the fire it would put out the fire. Well, I went back and looked about those shields and what they were made of and found out the composite uh, that went into the making of one of those Roman shields. And what they would do, the, the outer perimeter was made of a, a certain kind of wood. And what, what they would do when they were expecting a battle, they would take the shield and they would go over and immerse it in water and soak it in water. So that that wood that was so porous would soak up that water so that then when they used the shield and the fiery dart hit the shield that had been soaked in water, it quenched the fire.
quench the fire. You know, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, that, that chapter about faith, it said they wrought miracles by, by faith. They raised the dead by faith. This one did this and that one did that. And it comes on down and says, and by faith they quenched the violence of the fire. Have we got any fire quenchers in here? Are there any fire quenchers sitting around in here that the devil has hurled some fiery darts at you before? But the shield of faith quenched the violence of the fire? Oh, hallelujah. You know what water is symbolic of? Jesus said, in your innermost being, there shall be rivers of living water. That'll flow out of you. God's word said, there will be springs, not just rivers, but springs of water springing up inside you. I want to tell you something. It's great to have your shield of faith. It's wonderful to have God as the shield of your life. But brother, when you soak the shield in the power of the Holy Ghost, when you let the water, which is the Holy Ghost, saturate Hey, let the devil hurl his fiery darts all he wants to. The Holy Ghost will out-trump him any time. The Holy Ghost will put out the fire. The Holy Ghost will shield you and direct your heart into the patient waiting for Christ. Woo! Hallelujah. The shield of faith. Come on, Olivia. We'll have to let the rest of this preach another time. <laughs> Quench the violence of fire. Put enemies to flight. You mean faith will do all of that, Brother Jerry? God's Word tells us that faith can move mountains. Have you ever had a mountain in your way? And you didn't know how in the world you were going to get past that? Have you ever had arrows that fly by night? Terrors? When you see all of those things, Psalm 91 and 5 says this, Thou shalt not be afraid. I love these verses that says, don't be afraid. I love verses that start with, be of good cheer. I love those verses that start like that. Because I know God is about to tell me something. God's about to tell me. You ready for God to tell you something? Somebody needs to hear this this morning. God is speaking to you. Perk up. Listen. Listen, you online. Listen. This is for some of you. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor the arrow that flieth by day. Don't worry about the darts. Don't worry about the fire. God has got experienced people 
who have dealt with the fire. There's three little Hebrew boys that can tell you that God, who is our shield, can quench the violence of the fire. Glory be to God forevermore. What I want to tell you, there's a good fire you can get a hold of. The Bible said, hallelujah. John said, I indeed baptize you with water, but he that comes after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. One more and we'll let you go. Why did he say, take up, take up the shield of faith? Finally, taking the shield of faith. You know, the only way that the enemy and the adversary can get to you is he's got to go through God first. Well, you see, Faye loves it when I come down, she said. There's two kinds of these shields. One is that one that can be held in a hand, and it, it moves around over whatever area you need to protect. It'll, it'll, it'll shave. That, that, that's a kind of a shield. That's one of them. But the one Paul is talking about is a different kind of shield. It's much bigger. Got a picture one up there. It's a, it's a big apparatus that you can hide behind. And the way these people fought battles is oftentimes they, it, it had a stake on the body. It had a large, sharp stake. And they would walk up and they would stomp that thing down in the ground. And they would back off. And then they'd fight from behind the shield. I said they would fight from behind the shield. As long as they stayed behind the shield, God was the shield. The enemy could not get past the shield because the shield was God. Nothing can beat God. Nothing can outlast God. Nothing can overcome God. Nothing can overwhelm God. Nothing can win against God. Hey, the adversary can't get to you until he first goes through God. No wonder Paul could say, my life is hid with God in Christ. You know where he was hiding? He was hiding behind that shield. Because as long as you can stay behind the shield, glory to God, then you can fight the battle, but the enemy can't get to you. You've got a safe place. Hallelujah. It's where God guards and guides and hides you under the pavilion of the Most High where the Lord wins the battle for you, where the Lord goes to battle for you. Hallelujah! God is a very present help in time of need. Yeah. 
Here's what they use that shield for. Sometimes when they would advance, Stephen, they'd pull it up out of the ground where it wasn't anchored anymore, and they'd start moving the line further. Let's hold right here for a while and fight right here for a while. Then they'd up it, and they'd move another foot and push the enemy back some more, and they'd put it in the ground, and they'd say, let's fight here. Let's hold the line right here. Oh, if you as a child of God could learn how to fight against the wiles of the devil, if you as a child of God could learn how to do battle against the prince and the power of the air, if you as a child of God could learn how to win over the devil, the prince of the ruler of this world and the God of this world, you mean I can compete with him? You better believe you can as long as you stay behind the shield, as long as you use the shield. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, Satan, I'm going to let God push you back a few steps. You're getting just a little bit too bold and a little bit too aggressive. And in Jesus' name, I've got the authority to move the line. I'm going to push you back and restrict you. You can't have any more room than you've got right now. In fact, I'm taking some of it away from you. You're going to have to back up. You're going to have to retreat. You're going to have to crawl in that old hole you crawled out of because I'm going forward. The shield is before me and nothing, nothing, nothing can compete with my God. He always causes me to win. Bear Bryant said, I ain't ever been nothing but a winner my whole life. Buddy, oh, Bear, you can't compete with God. Because he's a winner all the time. He's never lost. I said, he's never lost. And I want to tell you something. If you stick with the winner who is God, you'll be a winner too. I said, you'll be a winner too. Young person, the greatest advice anybody can give you is seek the Lord in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not, nor the times draw nigh when thou shalt say, I find no pleasure in them. Honor the Lord in all of your ways, and all of your ways acknowledge him. And the Bible said, Rita, he will direct your path. He will direct your path. Brother Irwin, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Well, he will direct your path. Well, I don't know where to go or who to turn to. He will direct your path. Lose the don't know out. If you've got God as your shield, you know. I said, if you've got God as your shield, you know. Because the way is not obscured. And the Lord who is Lord of my life, would tell you this, follow me. Follow me. Depend upon me, says the Lord. Quit trying to come up with your own schemes and quit trying to come up with your own remedies for your situation. Seek me and you will find me. Call upon me and I will answer. Read my word, for in my word there is strength and there is power. In my word, there is victory for you. 
You do yourself a terrible disservice by not reading and memorizing my word, saith the Lord. Put my word in your heart. Put my spirit in your mind and in your heart so that you will know the righteous way. The way is not obscured, for I have declared it through my prophets, and I have declared it in my word. Seek me, saith the Lord, and you will find rest for your soul. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Well, clap your hands to the glory of the Lord. Glory to God. Stand with me. Not a wimp. Let me tell you this. Why did, they, did he say take up? Take it up. God didn't, didn't do anything. What happened? Somebody must have laid it down. I said, somebody must have laid it down. Somebody must, must have said, I can handle this job all by myself and laid the shield down because he said, take it up. Take up the shield. Take up the shield. Oh, Virginia, take up the shield. Don't, well, Brother Jerry, I've been, I've been working, I've been struggling, so well, quit struggling. Let God be your shield. Let God be your shield. Let God be your shield. Somebody here this morning needs to hear this. You need to let God be your shield. You've fretted. You've been anxious. You've told your story to so many, anybody that would stand and listen. It's time now to quit telling that story and start a new story. I said start a new story. Start a new story. And make God the center piece of the new story that you tell. Not I tried this and I tried that. I tried, quit, quit trying all that. Let God be the, the shield of your life. Follow him. Amen. And let him be the strength of your life. Let the Lord be the strength of your life. I said let the Lord be the strength of your life. And what you'll find is you'll find that whatever you put in God's hands, some, somebody's here today that laid, it, laid, laid, laid the shield down. And you've gone through a bunch of mess. And this morning, you need to pick it back up. You have heard it said of old that it is not, it's folly and it's foolishness. But I have declared to you today that my way is to lead my people. My way is to go before you as your shield. I have not diminished in my power. I am not limited in my ability. I am with you. I am beside you. I am in you. And I am before you, saith the Lord. And I will keep you. If you will trust me and love me and serve me with all your heart and be obedient. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Now just slip your hand up to heaven like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I've tried things my own way. And I know now that I should have let you take care of my problem. In Jesus' name, today, I give it to you. You said, cast all your care upon you. Lord, this morning, I cast my care upon you. I trust you. You're the strength of my life, and you will work it out for me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Now about 30 seconds of the best praise you got. Come on. Best praise you got. Best praise you got. Hallelujah be to God. Blessed be his name. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we exalt your name on high. It is thou, O oh Lord, that deserves all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Blessed be the Lord, which is and was and shall be. Blessed be the lover of my soul. Blessed be my Savior. Blessed be my sanctifier. Blessed be my Holy Ghost baptizer. Blessed be the healer of my body. Blessed the one who has the future in his hands. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Well, glory to God. Can somebody say glory to God? Glory to God. Shake hands with that person beside you and tell them it's good to be in God's house today. Amen. God go with you and God keep you is my prayer. You have a great Sunday and a great week.